the last word on business. With Fitzgerald Power, run your SME with reliable, efficient and personalised accounting services. Fitzgeraldpower.ie Lorcan Allen, business editor with the Business Post is with us. We depend on US multinationals for an enormous amount of corporation tax, but on top of that also a large amount of employment taxes. What are these multinationals saying about their employment prospects for the future in Ireland? Yeah, Matt, today is the 4th of July, which is Independence Day in the US. And to mark the event, the American Chamber of Commerce in Ireland released details of a specially commissioned survey to gauge the mood of US multinationals here in Ireland. And the results are quite interesting and suggest there will be little slowdown in foreign investment into Ireland over the coming year. 70% of US multinationals with operations in Ireland said they plan to increase employee numbers here over the next 12 months, with companies in the life sciences and pharmaceutical sector in particular still in major expansion mode as they come out of the pandemic. Um, And despite the recent wave of job losses at US tech companies like Meta, Google, Amazon and Twitter, the American Chamber of Commerce said its members employ around 210,000 people now in Ireland and they're planning to expand headcount further next year. But with the unemployment rate in Ireland down to a record low of 3.8% in May, the question remains, where are they going to get all these extra workers with the labour market so tight right now in Ireland? And where are they all going to live? It seems Karen Holmes is doing well out of providing at least some of the houses and apartments. Yeah, that's right. The Karen Holmes, the Irish uh, listed home builder, is forca- forecasting full year operating profits of up to 110 million euros this year, with his revenue set to hit 650 million euro on the back of very strong demand in the housing market and a strong sales pipeline. The home building company said its forward sales pipeline has grown to by in excess of 300 new homes in the last two months alone, bringing its total sales pipeline now to almost 2,250 homes, which have a net sales value of more than 800 million. And I think that really underlines the strength and demand for housing in this country, that even at a time when interest rates are creeping up to very high levels, um, Cairn Homes pipeline was growing by 300 homes in the last few months. Uh, The company also had some good news for its shareholders. It announced it will continue its 40 million euro share buyback program, while it will also pay an interim dividend of just over three cents a share, which will see it return an additional 23 million euro to investors this year. Now, inflation has taken hold, which is impacting on consumer spending, but is that impacting on Ryanair's growth in any way? Uh, Certainly not. Numbers released today by Ryanair show that it carried record passenger numbers last month, despite having to cancel more than uh, more than 900 flights due to air tra- traffic control strikes in France. This morning, the airline announced it carried a record 17.4 million passengers for the month of June alone, which is up 9% year on year. And it also beat its previous record of just under 17 million passengers, which was only set a month ago in May. And, and as we discussed before on this show, Matt, um, Ryanair has made an incredible recovery from the COVID-19 pa- pandemic, which nearly obviously brought many airlines to, to, to their knees. Uh, but Ryanair is actually enjoying the best ever year in 2023, despite challenges like, as you mentioned, inflation, the strikes in France and even the war in Ukraine. I remember attending an event in April where Michael O'Leary was speaking and even then he was saying to the audience that he could not believe the strength of spending in the European economy on travel. So uh, Ryanair is certainly benefiting from that right now. A couple of media stories, one involving your own publication, The Business Post. Tell us about the new investors in The Business Post. 
Yeah, that's right. Uh, the Business Post has taken on a minority investment from Bonnie News. Uh, they're a Swedish company. They're involved in uh, media publications in a lot of the Nordic countries. They publish similar titles to the Business Post, business-focused uh, coverage in, in those markets. And they're also the largest book publisher in the UK. So it's a very significant company. They've come in as a minority investors, as I said, in the Business Post. And um, they're looking to, I suppose, they see what we're trying to do in terms of our digital strategy in the Business Post group. It's something that they've uh, been quite successful at with their business titles across uh, Sweden and the Netherlands and, and Norway. Um, so certainly plenty that the Business Post group can learn from our new Swedish investors. And finally, RTE. We discussed this at length at the start of the programme. But what's your assessment of the fact that these major reviews announced by government today will not begin until the end of August and are being given six months then, which means it'll be March next year before we get the final reviews, even if there are some interim statements published along the way. What do you make of that? Yeah, it's becoming pretty clear, uh, Matt, that like any reform of RT is not going to be done in the short term. This is going to be a long process. I think the government are conscious um, that, you know, there's been a lot of, I suppose, political wants to go and reform RT given the financial pressures on it. But they've, you know, been cautious about doing it. The scandal over recent weeks has opened the door for them. Um, and maybe there is temptation to go in and reform immediately. But I suppose the idea of political interference in a state broadcaster also has bad optics. So they're preparing to try and do this the slow way. But it certainly doesn't look like there's going to be any major fast reform. I mean, for Kevin Backers coming into RT, what exactly is he taking over as the, you know, the managing director essentially of the organization? It looks like the control is going to be out of his hands for quite some time. And, you you know, the idea of him putting a stamp on the, the organization is, you know, it's certainly, he's just going to be keeping an in holding pattern at this point. Lark and Allen from the Business Post. Thank you. The Last Word with Matt Cooper. Weekdays from 4.30. Today.